Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Mesil Sushram in English. We started um, chapter 20 yesterday, <clears throat> and we started speaking about when it's appropriate. You know, we described in the previous chapter how incredible this chassid is, but most of his acts that he's doing is beyond the call of duty, and they more enhance the mitzvah, um, and, and so on. And as a result, it may not always be appropriate to do them. <clears throat> so in order to figure out when it's appropriate to do them, we said that the chassid needs to have a three, three. it has to meet three the three-step criteria in order for it to be done. Number one is he needs to really thoroughly examine his actions and make sure, no, number one is he needs to make sure that, that he's doing it solely for the, to increase the honor of the rabbinish loyalim, which we said is what the, ultimately what the chassid wants to do, if it solely increases honor. Two, is he needs to then thoroughly examine that deed to make sure that that's the result that's going to happen. And number three is once he's done, once he's done the first two, he needs to cast the burden off to God and say, "Akadosh Baruch Hu, I have now thoroughly examined my deeds and make sure my heart is in the right place. Please make sure that I get the result that I would like to do." And that's where we're up to. So, and it's important to know that if you are missing one of those factors, any one of those things, that means if you did not have your heart in the right place, or you did not thoroughly examine the action, or you did not give faith into the Rabbi Shlilam, you're likely to fail, and the result will be devastating, and will likely be the opposite of what you were intending to do. So how? How does one, how does one do this? So first, you need to recognize that the matter of Hasidus it's very important when you do something, you cannot judge according to how they first appear. You can't. Sometimes you get an idea, oh, it sounds great. But when you stop to think about it, it's, oh, one second. This is not a good idea. I didn't think about this part. So when you think of it through, sometimes you stop. Sometimes you change it. Rather, you must explore and consider how far the consequences of the planned action extends. Because sometimes an action itself appears to be virtuous and good, but its consequences are very bad, and one could be compelled to discard it. And one should take, and he should take action, and he'll be deemed a sinner and not a chassid. You know, um, I'm, like, I'm hesitant to give an example, uh, but sometimes, you know, there, there's, um, there's a people that. Sometimes make these, uh, you know, in Yerushalayim, when people drive on Shabbos, people throw stones at them. I don't know if it's still done. I know that when I was younger, a lot of people did it. And I said to myself, you know, there's one aspect that's so beautiful that they're making this protest on behalf of God. You know, that how could you desecrate the Shabbos? How could you be driving on Shabbos in Yerushalayim? So it sounds like a beautiful thing, right? And that's what we said. That's what we said. A chassid is supposed to do. It's supposed to stand up for a God. But at the same time, at the same time, how many, of the, how many of those people actually change their ways, don't drive on Shabbos anymore? Do they really do that? I mean, and personally, it sounds like they don't do that. It sounds like they get even more upset. So if they can get more upset, they're going to cause you to hate Jews even more. So it's, it's a catch-22. You really, really need to think about it and ask someone who's appropriate knowledge whether it's the right thing to do. Again, that's just an example. I can think of it. It's in my opinion. I don't know. You know, maybe these people are doing it with Das Torah. I don't know. But <clears throat> sometimes that's when people do it. And now the Ramchal is 
actually going to give his own examples of people that uh, <clears throat> had purest of intentions, but if they really, if they sat the sat down and examined it a little bit, they would see that these were not so these did not have the right outcome. The first example is Gedalia ben Achika. So we have a famous fast called Tzom Gedalia. It's right after Rosh Hashanah, and he was a tremendous tzaddik. What he did for Klal Yisrael and so on. So what happened was Yishmol. He he was he was ruling. He was the the ruler of Yerushalayim at the time, just after the Chorban, I believe. And someone came to him and said that Ishmael is coming to kill you. And he refused to hear Lashon Hara about him. It's a very righteous thing. How can you not want to hear Lashon Hara about him? The problem is that he said he's going to kill you. So that requires further investigation. And as a result, since he didn't, um, <clears throat> so he didn't listen to Yochan's report, what happened was that um, Gedai was killed and it caused a whole... Um, it, it, so so Kleistro lost their leader, and he goes through a story here. Um, following instruction on the first base in Migdash, the majority of Jewish people were exiled to Babel, but some of poor Jews were allowed to remain in Eretz Yisrael under the governorship of G'day and Achika. In an attempt to infiltrate Eretz Yisrael, Balias, king of Ammon, sent Yishmael ben Asanya to assassinate Gedalia. When Yechanan ben Karache warned Gedalia of this plot, Gedalia, because of his great piety, refused to expect, accept Lashon Hara about Yishmael to the extent that he dismissed the report completely without taking even the most basic precautions. Yishmael did in fact assassinate Gedalia and kill many more along with him. This, precip this precipitated a series of events that culminated the dispersion of the remaining Jews in, 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 in Yerushalayim. Just because Gedalia didn't want to take proper action when he heard Lashon Hara. Now, and what did the, and what did what caused Gedaya through this whole ill? Now, obviously, Akash Baruch Hu wanted this to happen and so on, but it says it's brought down. He caused his own death and he caused Israel to be scattered and its remaining remaining ember to be extinguished in Yushalayim because he didn't listen to Lashonara. In fact, the scripture attributes the murders of the people who were killed by Shmuel to Gedaya as if Gedaya himself killed him. As per the statement of the sages of blessed memory, <clears throat> all the corpses of the men Yishmael had struck through the hand of Gedalio. An act of piety without simple scrutiny or foresight can turn into calamitous and even regarded as a tantamount to murder. So we see here also, again, we're not trying to degrade Gedalio and Achikam, it's a tremendous tzaddik, from what I understand. We have a, a tightness after the whole event. We fast. But at the end of the day, the Ramchal's point is that you see, he didn't his 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 chasidus or his piety caused you know he should have thought he should have at least investigated if it's true. If someone says they're going to kill you, don't be so from and say I'm not listening to Lashon Arba. You need to investigate the matter. Again, always talk to a rabbi and see what uh, you know. Always get advice from him from there. Now another example, the second base of Migdush. Also was destroyed as a result of such, you know, he quote unquote Hasidus that was not judiciously weighed regarding the incident of Barkamsa. <clears throat> so Barkamsa, the whole story with Barkamsa, he was insulted by 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 uh, by one of his friends about a wedding, and there was a whole incident in the, in the Gemara. But anyways, he has he had a tremendous grudge against the Jews. He was a Jew himself, so he went to the Caesar, he went to the Roman emperor, and said. 
that the Jews are not going to accept the carbon from you. You'll see. You'll see that he's not going to accept the carbon from you. So what happened? What did he do? He says that um, <coughs> he, he, he went and put a blemish. So he said, I'll, I'll, so the Caesar said, oh, of course the Jews will accept the carbon from me. What do you mean? I'm the Caesar, of course. So he says, bring me an animal and I'm going to bring it to the carbon. I'm going to bring it to the base of Migdash to be shafted, to be slaughtered. So he goes to the, um, he goes and he brings the animal. Before bringing the animal, though, he puts a blemish in the animal's eye. Now, all know, all, we all know that an animal that has a blemish on it cannot be brought up to the base of Migdash to be slaughtered as a carbon, as an offering. So the Rabbana knew this. So and they were, and they said, now they were raining, they, they were, uh, when, <clears throat> when Zachariah ben Avokla said to them, so what happened was, for the sake of maintaining peaceful relations with the Roman government, the majority of the sieges wished to offer the Caesar's animal, even though it had a blemish on it. They would have said they, they weighed out, the Chacham the, the said, you know what, we can't, you're right, in normal circumstances, we can't accept the carbon that has a blemish on it, but what here, we have a carbon, but the problem is from the Caesar, and this could backfire into a huge event, and we can get killed. So they felt that that was the right thing to do. But Zechariah ben Avkalos, who was the God, one of the Gedaliadar, he said, how can we offer an animal that has a blemish on it? <clears throat> and then people will think that it's okay to offer a, blem a carbon with a blemish on it. So he said to himself, and then they said, well, then they considered killing Bar Kamsa so that he would not be able to report back to the Caesar. Um, he would not be able to report back to the Caesar about the uh, the the carbon, but then Rabbi Chari, then then Rabbi Zechariah ben Avos said about that. People will then think that if you have a carbon that has a, a, a blemish on it, then you're chayav misa. So they didn't do anything. <clears throat> Meanwhile, the evil man Barakamsa went and slaughtered Israel, slandered Israel, telling the Caesar the Jews refused to accept his offering, and they were rebellious. And as a result of that, the Caesar came, and destroyed Yerushalayim, and they destroyed the base of Migdash. And the sages ascribed Jerusalem's destruction to Rabbi Zechariah's excessive piety. He didn't, he he was very, he was trying to protect the Kodesh Baruch's interest in a sense, but because he did not weigh it properly, examine it properly, Kalei was destroyed. The misplaced humility of Rabbi Zechariah ben Avakas destroyed our base Migdosh, burned down our sanctuary, and sent us into exile among the nations. Now again, Kalei it was it was Kalei in a sense, we were, we were decreed to be exiled, but it was through, and it was going to happen either way. Unfortunately, because of the act of Rabbi Zechariah ben, ben Achikon, he, he was the, the, the tool that, there, or was the, the effect that, that caused it. So here you have a clear proof that with regard to Hasidus, one must not assess the action based solely how it immediately manifests. This clearly says it. You cannot, you cannot base it on this assessment. Rather, you need to look at it at every angle and figure out exactly where the result of these consequences are going to be. If the consequences are going to be for the good, okay, then we will, um, then we will, uh, then, then you can continue doing it. If the consequences are going to be bad, then obviously you can't continue to do it. And uh, you need to refrain from doing it and so on. Um, and he's going to go through more examples of, of the piety, which uh, will continue more in the next podcast and, and conclude the chapter. All right, we'll see you next time.